Would you take your Bibles with me, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, and go ahead with your other hand, if you would get it, please, Ephesians chapter 3 together. Ephesians chapter 3 with 1 John chapter 4. This morning's message is concerning a topic that the Bible says it passes our knowledge. (laughs) In other words, you, you can't really get a hold of the truths of it. It's so deep, it's so... It's so profound that you will not walk away from understanding this subject. And it sounds like a simple one. Our verses today are 1 John 4, 7, 8, 9, 10, and we'll also read verse 11, where the Bible tells us that God is love, and that seems like a very simple thing to to speak of, but it really isn't. That's why I want to preface it by reading... Ephesians chapter 3, would you look there first of all before we look in our text today. Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible says in verse number 16, Ephesians 3.16, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. What an ironic statement, 19 says, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. It is more than you can understand. The love of God is greater than you could ever comprehend, but the Spirit of God can help you to know what passes knowledge. Isn't that an amazing statement? Now, let's look at our text. He describes this to us in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love God. One another. The first thing I see this morning in our text as we go verse by verse through the Bible together in verse number 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Think about that little phrase, love is of God. That means that God is the source of love. Love is of God. There can be no love unless you find it in God because He's the source of it. Is that what the verse says? Love is of God. 
Anywhere you find love that's real love, of course there's a lot of fake love out there, just like there's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of fake love. Just because somebody says the word love doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. And just because, just like somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. But the Bible says love is of God. That means God is the very source of love. And without Him, you cannot tap into it. You cannot know it. You cannot have it apart from God. Love is of God. And the only way you'll have love in your life is to have God in your life because He's the source of love. So that means, I would say first of all, underneath that little verse, That means that people today, most people today, are looking for love in all the wrong places. Right? And some of you laughing because you've been listening to much country music. But that, 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 they're looking for love in wrong places. I'm going to say something. You, you, You might not get this first, but I'll repeat it again and try to... To make it more understandable. That means this. That love cannot be experienced strictly in a human relationship. Because God is the source of love. Marriage is not the source of love. Parenthood is not the source of love. Girlfriend and boyfriends aren't the source of love. Males and females, or God forbid anything else, is not the source of love. The source of love is God. Love is of God. People define love today as strictly a human relationship. You can only have, listen to me, you can only have love in a human relationship if God is in the relationship. Do you understand that? The source is God. Now, I'm not saying that people can't enter into a love relationship. They can, but somehow they've got to get God into their life and God into their relationship because He's the source. And you cannot experience love, you cannot know love, you cannot understand love, unless somehow you connect your life with God. The world talks a lot about love. Hollywood talks a lot about love. But they have no love to offer. There, there is a cable channel, and the whole cable channel, they ought to call it the love channel. It's the Hallmark channel. Everything is... You know what? That, that, that is not the love channel. Those are not even love stories. They're not love stories. They're fiction. It's not real love. You know, <clears throat> I think, did they used to call soap operas love stories? It, it, that's all a joke. You know, what, you know how I know it's not a love story? Because God's not in it. If they wanted to have a real discussion of love, they would talk about the, the, the guy on the Hallmark Channel that didn't just bump into the girl in the, in the Christmas store, you know, and, and got stranded in the snow. And No, they would talk about a guy that just got saved and walked into the store and his life was changed 
And for the first time in his life, he could actually show somebody else some love instead of looking what... This is what I'm saying to you. And it's not just young people that think that have this weird idea of love. Love is not in a human relationship. Love is in a relationship with God that allows those human relationships to be loving. Love is of God. So if I can connect my life with God, guess what I can connect with? I can connect it with love. Don't look for love in the wrong place. How many people is it, you know, I just don't think anybody loves me or nobody loves me. Look, if you'll connect with God, you'll be able to find the love of God. You'll be able to find what real love is all about. He is the source. What I'm trying to tell you, there is, people are incapable. This is so controversial because let's say people don't even believe what I'm about to say. People are incapable of love unless they are born of God. Let's read the verse again, verse 7. That's not my opinion. Beloved, let us love one another. How are we going to do that? For love is of God, watch it, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. People are incapable of love unless they are born of God. Because He is the source. If I'm not born of God, I don't have the capability of loving anyone. I cannot love my wife. You say, well, what's all this going on in the world? It's a lot of things, but it's not the definition of real love. You are incapable of loving your wife without God. If you're not born again, you can't love your wife. You are incapable of loving your husband or, or loving your children if, if you're not born of God. If you're not born again, are you born again? You say, well, what is that? Don't leave here until you find out. Because there's no love in your life unless you are born of God. He's the source. Boy, if people could get a hold of that, I think people start seeking God. Everybody needs love in their life, do they not? Well, they they better get to God. They better be born again. That means somebody, unless, amen, we tell our our young people, don't marry somebody that's lost, don't marry somebody that's unsaved. Why? Because they can't love you. They they, They don't have the capability of that. Love is hard enough for people that are saved. It's impossible for people that are not saved. So that's why we look at our world. Our world is cruel. You know why? Because we have a world that's without God. There's no love out there. We have a violent world. We have a hateful world. We have an unjust world, an unfair world. Why? Because there's no God out there. And the only place that you can find love is from the source that it comes, and that's God Himself. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You say, preacher, I know God. We're not talking about know it in your head. You know, the devils know God. But they don't have any love in there. It's like this. Do you know who the president is? You know who he is, but you don't know him. You know a picture of him. You know some facts about him. You know where he stays or where he lives. Maybe you know who his wife is. But you don't know the president. You don't know him. 
It's so funny. People have, they think they have a knowledge of somebody. You've never spent 24 hours with a guy. You don't know, you don't know anything about him. You just know what you've been told. You know, that's the way some people are with God. They say, well, I know God. No, you, you know who God, you, you've heard about God. You know that He's the Creator. But we're not talking about that knowledge that you know that there's a Creator somewhere. We're talking about, do you really know Him? Do you know what He likes and what He dislikes? It's like, um, you know, you guys know my wife, but you don't know my wife. I know my wife. And there's things about my wife I'm not even going to tell you. Yeah. There's things that I know about my wife that nobody in here will ever know about my wife. Right? Because we have a relationship where I know things about her. I know what... Now, let me ask you this. Do you have a relationship with God or you just know about God? The people that can love are people that know God, are people that have been born of God. These are saved people. These are people that Christ is in them. When God comes in us, He gives us that capability. Listen, you cannot manufacture love in your own life. You cannot manufacture it. You can't work it up. You can't make it. The sources of God, you've got to get together with God. You must be born again. You must let that fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love. God's got to bring that forth out of your life and so much more. We cannot even keep the first, you know, the, the two great, great commandments in the Bible. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. You know, you can't even do that without God. That's why anybody that says, hey, you know, I, I've kept the commitment. You can't keep anything unless you've got God in you. Because He's the only one that can give us the possibility of loving anybody. But if you've got, now, now wait, wait. If the sort, let me ask you, is the source of love the infallibility of the one I'm loving? Or the perfection of the one I'm loving? What is the source of my love? Is the source of love a perfect relationship? What's the source of love? Is the source of love everything going well? The source of love is God. That means God can give me the ability to love. Then why in the world do people live their lives without God? And they live their lives disconnected from God. And they're not able to love anybody. And their mentality of what love is is so twisted and so wrong. Jesus said this, I know you. He said this to a bunch of religious people. He said, I know you. That ye have not the love of God in you. I know you. There's no love there. Because if there's no God there, there's no love there. By the way, you know what the opposite of love is? The opposite of love is iniquity, sin. The Bible says that Jesus said this, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So the opposite of love is iniquity. So what happens is when iniquity and sin is in my life, love gets to be cold and absent from my life. 
So if God is the source of the love in my heart, sin and iniquity is the source that takes that love out of my life. Does that make sense to you? That means when you play around with love, well, when, excuse me, when you're playing around with sin in your life, when you play around with iniquity in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. If you don't get that sin taken care of, if you don't get that iniquity taken care of, you know what you're doing? You're hurting everybody around you that you're supposed to be loving. Because you can't love people. You can't love God with that iniquity and sin abounding in your life. It's the enemy of love. Well, the world doesn't think that. Because they don't even know what it is. So let's go to the next verse. Verse number 8. Not only it says love is of God. That means God is the source of love. But then he flips it. Verse number 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. So the first thing he said was that love is of God. That shows you the source. The second thing he says is that God is love. He is the very embodiment of love. That's a different, that's a different st- statement. Not only, can you f- not only can you know where the source comes from, he says when you think about God, His very character, His very being, He is love. That's what He is. It's not just what He does on the weekend or what He has every now and then. That's a part of who He is. God is love. You know why that's so important? That's so important because... That means that if God is love, that means love is not an emotion. It didn't say emotion is love. It says God is love. That means love is not an act. It's not an act is love. It's God is love. The world doesn't believe that. They believe that they can take God out of the whole equation and they can understand love. But love is something God is. That's why the world doesn't know what love is because they, they don't know anything about God. Now notice, it didn't say this because I know in our society, look up here, our society, love is the chief ideal in the whole world. Which is really a crazy thought with all the people killing each other. <laughs> And being hateful and blasphemous and cruel and mean and unkind. But love is supposed to be the ideal. You know, the beatniks and the hippies, they're just singing about love. Love is all you need. That's a joke. Because it's a joke because people don't understand what love is. God is love. If you want to define it that way, yeah, God's all you need. But when you get God, you're going to get a whole lot more than just love. You're going to get a whole package. A whole package. But this is what the world said. Love is the chief ideal. You know what they've said? They've turned it around. They don't think that God is love. Listen, listen. They think love is God. Love is not God. Help me say this right, Lord. Some people in their life, the only thing they're looking for is love, and they think if they can find that love, that is the divine thing, that's the greatest thing they could ever find. But love is not God. Love is not the preeminent thing. What the Bible's trying to tell us is, what you think you're after isn't love. 
You think you're after love, but what you really should be after is God. Does that make sense? In other words, it's not, oh, let's all find love. Let's all love each other and, and have love in our life. And if I just had a real love in my life, everything would be great. No, no, that's not what he says. You're making love the highest ideal. The highest ideal is God. If you would seek God, if you would look for God, if God would be the preeminent thing on your mind, if the person of God would be what you're after, you would find a whole package that's even so much more than just love is. People don't know it, but what they're really after is God. They just don't know it. God is love. If I really believe that, then why why am I not diligently seeking the Lord, wanting Him in my life? Why am I not more interested in God than I am interested in human relationships? Did anybody hear what I just said? If that's really what I'm after, why am I not more interested in God than I am human relationships? Why am I not more interested in God than trying to get all my life figured out? If God is love, if He is the embodiment of it, why am I not interested anymore? But you know what the Bible says? I looked through the Bible. We'd be here all day if I did this, but... I looked every time in the King James Bible where it said God is. Boy, I was amazed. God is love. He is. He's a lot much, he's, he's a bigger package than that. You know what it also says? It says God is light. God can get you out of the darkness. The Bible says God is true. Amen. It says God, the Bible says God is Holy. You know what you would have if you had a God that was love and wasn't holy? You'd have a perverted God. You'd have a twisted God. You'd have an unclean God. The world, sure, they want a God that'll love them, but they don't want a God that's holy. Well, that's not who God is. God's a whole package. This is what I'm telling you. If we'll get interested in God, if we'll seek God, we'll not only find love and we'll find light and we'll find truth. And we'll find holiness. God is righteous. God is gracious. Anybody need grace here this morning? God is merciful. God is good. Anybody want to find something good? Why aren't we interested in God more? You know what I think we do? God's just something we tack on at the end of the week. That book says God is great. God is mighty. God is jealous. God is judge. And our God is a consuming fire. He is so many things. As the Lord Jesus, the Bible talks about the Lord Jesus. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the A to Z. Guys, I know this is hard for all of us because we're all human beings. But I'm telling you right now, as sure as I'm standing here, the majority of all of us in this building this morning are more interested in a thousand other things than we are God Almighty. We got lives to live. We got things we're pursuing. And there God is. He's love. He's holy. 
He's great. He's good. He's gracious. He's light. He's true. You look at all the things God is, you know what you'll find out? The person that you think is so wonderful is not very impressive. Because you know what that person is not? That person is not great. And that person is not always good. And that person will not always be holy. And not always be righteous. And not always be merciful and gracious. But God is. God is love. You know... Life is futile. It's just, it's not, maybe I think too much, but I'm telling you what. I've seen the futility of life without God because life really is totally meaningless without God because He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the whole package, and if I don't have the package, I don't have a life. So God's the source of love. God is love. And let's look at verse 9. He said, verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. He, first He says, love is of God. Then He says, God is love. And then He says, herein is love. In other words, let me describe it to you. Let me explain it to you. Let me manifest it where you can understand it and you can get a hold of it. Let me give you the perfect picture so you'll never forget what real love really is. What is love? It's something sacrificial. He said in verse 9, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. That is the manifested understanding and sense of what it means to understand that God is love, that God gave sacrificially, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends Paul said this he says um, the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me love is a sacrificial gift and here's God up in the heaven and and we've ruined everything that he made including our own self but yet God who is so rich in love God who is love is going to demonstrate to us his love and prove his love so nobody can ever say nobody cared for my soul so nobody can ever say nobody ever loved me God said I proved it and I gave you my only begotten son that you that were dead could live through him I sacrificed my only son for you I gave myself for you that's the proof of my love for you Calvary is love the cross was love. The nails was God telling you, I love you. 
The thorns on his head and the stripes on his back was the almighty God of the universe calling out to man saying, I love you. And it's not a hollow word. There's the proof. Behold my son. Behold the Lamb of God. See from His head, His hand, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Look at the blood coming down. I'm... Guys, didn't talk cheap. Boy, God proved it. He didn't just tell you. He said, go to that tomb. Look at Him take that body down from the cross. God's crying out to man, I love you. But don't mistake that for something else. Somebody said, well, if God loves me, then it doesn't matter, you know, if I receive him or reject him or what I do in my life because God just loves me so much. No, if you reject that sacrificial love on the cross, he will let you burn in hell forever. Because the height of the blasphemy of a human being is for God to come down and die for us and bleed for us because he loved us. And then that human being, that depraved, sinful person say, not interested. Because we don't deserve any of that love. It's a sacrificial love. Nobody ever loved you like Jesus. It's so much higher than a mother's love. We got, we got a lot of new mothers in our church. I, I love watching them coo over their babies, you know. And then other people cooing over their babies. <laughs> it, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much more. That's how much God really loves you. I see something else though. Look at verse 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Mm. It's not only a sacrificial love, it's a preceding love. That means he loved you before you loved him. Now that's an amazing thing. You know why? Because it's easier for us to love people that love us. Look at verse 19. We love him because he what? First loved us. You know, this is a great principle about love. And I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's some people that even grew up in church and they don't understand this. They think that they have to earn or merit God's love somehow. And what I'm telling you, God loved you first. God loved you before you thought about Him. God loved you when you don't even care, when you're wicked, when you're blaspheming His name, and you're enemies of God. He's loving you. We've got some people growing up thinking, you know, I, I've got to be this. And, and, and maybe because they've had some faulty human relationships in their life. And they think, well, you know, I've got to merit love. And I've got to do this and that for, for my dad or, or, or for somebody in my life to love me. And so they go all the way through their life with a mixed up thought of love that it's all based upon somehow me earning it or marrying it or being good enough for it. And what I'm telling you, the real love of God precedes your, 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 your first thought of Him. Revelation 1.5 says, Unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. He loved you before He washed you. He loved you first. Now, isn't that a, isn't that a different definition? 
When I enter into God's love, I can, I can love somebody first. I can love before they love me. I can love without them loving me. I looked in the Bible of everybody that God loved. It, it was amazing. The Bible says this, that God loves His, you know, God loves his children. Matter of fact, that first verse, we're at verse 7. What's the first word of verse 7? Blood. These are people God loves. He said in chapter 3, look at chapter 3 right there. Uh, Look at verse 1, chapter 3. Remember this? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Or excuse me, the sons of God. You see that? God loves His children. You say, "Well, well, I love my children too. Yeah, but some children are hard to love. And if you don't know that, you probably don't have a lot of children or you hadn't, you hadn't held on quite long enough yet. Yeah. God loves His children. That's an admirable thing. It's a wonderful thing. Well, then God says this. It says, Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. If you're a part of the church, which is His body, if you've been saved by the grace of God, it's really the same thing as the children. But God says, I, I love the church. You know, Jesus said He loved His disciples. And said the Father loved His disciples. Matter of fact, the Father said this. Jesus said this. The Father loves anybody that will love me. Isn't that a great thing? I can understand that. Anybody that will love the Son of God, the Father will love Him. Even Jesus said this. He said about to His disciples and about His love for His disciples. He says, you know, if you keep my commandments, I love you. I, I just get a warm, I get a warm fuzzy every time you do what I tell you to do. I mean, I love you as you keep my commandments. I can understand that. But what I can't understand is for God to so love the world. Not just love, but so loved. Not as children, not as church, not as disciples. Not even the cheerful givers. Y'all know that phrase, you know, God loveth the cheerful giver. I can understand that one. But to love the world, the world that is at enmity against Him, the world that hates them, the world that doesn't care about Him, the world that wants to replace Him, the world that wants to write Him off and don't even acknowledge, don't even acknowledge His existence. The haters of God and God says, I so love the world that I gave. He said in this text, would you look at it? Verse 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our what? Our sins. He loved us so much that he paid for our sins. That, that propitiation, that's that payment that satisfied us. You know what that means? That means he didn't just love his children, love his church. He loved sinners. I love that phrase said that he, he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And the great thing about that in chapter 2, you know what he says? He says the propitiation is not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. If people go to hell, they'll go, they'll go to hell over the love of God. If you live your life without God, you'll live your life without God, God trying to love you. And he's not loving people that are worthy or deserving to be loved. He's loving sinners. He's loving the world. 
Guys, you know what's crazy? He said in this same book, love not the world. Is that not a little crazy? God says, you don't love the world. Leave that to me. And, my, and God's love of the world was wrapped up in one thing. It wasn't wrapped up in the philosophy of the world or the values of the world or the lifestyles of the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It was all wrapped up in a package to save them from their sins. The world is an awful place, guys. I am so glad that these young people, they don't, they don't have a clue what's out there. And to be honest with you, most of us in this building don't have a clue about what's out there. We don't know, amen, what's going on, not just in the inner cities of this country, but all around the world. This world is heinous. It is, it is wicked. It is violent. It is defiling. And it chews little kids up and chews adults up and spits them out. And the devil just destroying people all. The world is a heinous place. And God looked down at the world and said, I so love the world that I'll give. I'm going to finish with Romans 5. Would you go there? I know you know the text. Maybe this morning what you ought to be overwhelmed with is not whatever you're going through, but the fact that God loves you and it's just such an amazing thing that He would. And I don't have to earn it and I don't have to deserve it. He loved me first. It's condescending love. It's not just sacrificial love and first love. It is con- it's loving somebody that doesn't deserve to be loved. And that's where human beings don't get it. They think they deserve to be loved. We don't deserve to be loved. Our lives are full of sin. But God condescended His love to the world. Romans 5 says it. Verse 6. For when ye were yet without strength, In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And the verse that I'm not going to elaborate on is this. If... God so loved us. We ought also to love one another. We have the capability. It doesn't matter how low they are. If God so loved us, I can love you.
if God so loved me, I can give myself sacrificially. If God so loved me first, 